0: 18
1: plus. Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. Dear Lord, we'd like to talk to you tonight, dear Lord, about your instructions for these times. And Lord, we'd like to speak in this because, dear God, we're coming so close to the winter. And dear Lord, we're in the season of the harvest. We're in the last year of the night of the day of the Lord. And Lord, I would like, dear Lord, to request of you to consider these Understandings that I'm speaking to you tonight, that your Spirit may give confirmation or understanding or clarification to your people. Dear Lord, we desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, as you do. And Lord, we pray that you will help us in this time, dear Lord, that you will begin to grab the people and begin to cause them to understand the situation we're in. And Lord, I would like to go over the, continue going over the, Um, blessings of the tribes of Israel, the the 12 tribes. But, dear Lord, I'd like to tonight first set the stage for this because, dear Lord, there's things that we should know about these times that are very important to us. Dear Lord, before the sealing, we have the sealed judgments. And, Lord, it's a very interesting confirmation of this Because you tell us in Revelation 7, 1 to 8, when you're talking about the sealing of the 12 tribes, you first say, after these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth. The wind should not blow on the earth or or on the sea or on any tree. Trees are always nations or important people. Uh, The sea is the people the nations, the multitudes, and their languages, their words. And the earth is on all the blessings that you put in it and all the provision for them, as well as everything that you've prepared for them. In other words, their very health, the very particles that's going to keep them alive, and dear Lord, the plagues that can come upon them are all in the earth. You put them there. And Father, you're going to call them forth at this time And it's very interesting, you say the four winds. The four winds are symbolic and are your four spirits. They're the ones that you talk about in Zechariah 6 and so on. Dear Lord, even I think it's Zechariah 4. Dear Lord, we pray that the people understand these things, dear God, because we reviewed the way of the four spirits very often. And we'll talk about them again tonight, dear Lord, with the, the blessings of the tribes. But dear Lord, I'd like to point... If I can, and if you will confirm the best I can understand, dear Lord, of what you've revealed and with the latest updates that you keep giving us, Lord, to make known your truth. Dear Lord, we can see that uh, from the description of the time of times and a half time statement that you make in Revelation 12 and back in Daniel 12, that in those timings, and we've identified very clearly, Lord, that a time is six, uh, a time. Means seven years, an hour means forty-two months or one half of a time, because forty-two months is of course one half of seven years, which is eighty-four months. And dear Lord, we pray that they would understand that in the Book of Revelation, you continually use the number forty-two for the months. You don't use other ones, dear Lord, for clarity, because dear Lord, it's like you have an hour of the 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 10 kings are going to reign for an hour. The Antichrist is going to reign with them for that hour. But it's an hour, 42 months. And other places you identify the hour as being 42 months. So I've explained this all in writings many times, dear Lord, to your people, as you've made it known. So we know that the evening time was seven years. But then a very interesting thing you show is that the next thing you say, you don't say a time, a time, a time, and a half time. Instead, you say a time, a times, And by doing so, you show us that the relationship between the seven years of the night and the seven years of the morning are intertwined, even though you give your seal in the night. We can know that the sealing of the seven tribes comes before and right before the morning of the day of the Lord. Lord, this is taking in consideration that the people would not hear and we would come to the fullness of the word. In other words, we're going to come to the fullness of time because we've allowed it to be so. If we would have turned at any time and fulfilled Joel 2, 12 to 20, you would have shortened these days very clearly because you're willing to shorten the days for the sake of the elect. But the elect won't hear you and will not turn, so it's come to the fullness of the timings that are revealed in the Scriptures. Lord, the Father was the only one that knew when he was going to start the day. That was when the entrance of his words, when he told you to go forth, gave you the seal and said, open the words, which is the first seal judgment. That began the day of the Lord, which he told us in Zechariah 14.7 would be the evening of the day of the Lord. And we know from from Luke 17.34 and John 9.4.5 and other places, Dear Lord, that the judgment is coming in the night of the day of the Lord, separation judgment. You would have brought the night earlier, just like you brought it on the day that you, your son died on the cross, when you Lord was killed upon the cross. When when at noon, when you were on the cross, that is when the earth darkened. So that you were showing us that at any time you could have brought forth the darkness, which was important. Because the darkness that's bringing forth in this time is the judgment. You told us we would judge by our words. And you also told us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 11 through Paul, that we are either of the light or of the darkness. We are either of the day or of the night. And you tell us in Isaiah twenty one ten to 12, that the judgment is coming like night and like day. In other words, the morning is coming and the night is coming. Because you're going to separate the people off into light and darkness. And those who are set apart into what we call the darkness or the night, even though they will see daylight, they will be under the punishments of the plagues that are likened to the plagues that are in the darkness of the night in the abyss. Those plagues cause the people to sw- to writhe on the ground. Those plagues have boils all over their skin and they're like a worm. And these people are going to see that their bodies are going to have their arms started to wither and their legs to wither the wickedness, and they're going to be judged according to their wickedness, but all of them are going to share in this because it's going to be like the night to all of them and Lord, I pray that they would understand this they don't it's a lot to grasp, I understand, but Lord, I pray that you will guide them to the passages like Job eighteen and Proverbs one twelve and so on and begin to understand what is in them. the the darkness. And dear Lord, I made the charts very clearly as you've shown me in the book of Testimony of Numbers. I show the prisons of God as you've shown it and the design of the fullness of the creation as you made it known. And you took me and showed me the earth from the firmament, not from the dome that's over top of the earth. That is not the firmament. That is the symbolic, the atmosphere, the wind, the sky. It is symbolic of your hand, the firmament is symbolic of the four spirits. The walls, it's symbolic to the Mount Zion. It's hard. It's thick. It's a wall. It's like cast iron mirror. The firmament, I mean, the the, the, the dome over the earth you can see through. You see the stars. It's evident. So it's not the firmament. The firmament you can't see through. It's walls, cast iron mirror. Lord, we pray that people understand these simple things. You made it very easy for the people to understand. Lord, the thing about it is, and what I'm trying to point out to, is that the sealed judgments are kind of split. The first six sealed judgments are in the night. Excuse me, in the evening and the night. They end at the end of the night. And the very last thing before the punishments come is the sealing of, Of the 144,000. You show this, dear Lord, because, and it's been very hard to understand these 144,000. But now we're getting a closer understanding because we're going to be able to see the meanings of the blessings tonight as we talk about the names. And you've told me to make known these names so that people can understand. And Lord, the people of Israel should understand that they need to listen. Because, dear Lord, you made it very clear in Matthew 21, 43 to 44, that the kingdom was taken away from the nation of Israel. They lost the right to it. They have to gain it back by humbling themselves and receiving it from another nation, as you tell them in that. And that nation is coming from the Gentiles, a nation that you're raising up. To make known the words to them, you will bless them mightily because they have in their inheritance right the blessings of the 12 tribes. And we'll try to explain this to them. But the opening of the words to them is coming to their shame from the Gentiles because they refused you as the Messiah. Even though you fully claimed it and the Father recognized it, the voices were heard on high. You told them that you were the Messiah over and over again. They want to ignore it. They didn't recognize the sign of the Messiah, which you testified before Pilate. The sign of the Messiah is named around the 18, 18, 19, that you would come into the world and speak the words of God and make known the ways of his words. And on John eighteen thirty-seven, you said in there that to Pilate that you were a king, that your kingdom wasn't for here now because the people wouldn't receive you. And you said that for this cause I was born in into the world to bear witness to the truth. And you you explained in John seventeen seventeen that the truth is the words of God, which is exactly what you were sent into the world to bear witness to. That's why you're the king, and that's why you're the king with the one shepherd, like it says in Ecclesiastes 12:11, which is what you told um, Saul, who you changed his name to Paul when you met him on the road to Damascus, and he came as a great light, entrance of your words gives light, and you said to him, as he should know that, and from Psalms 119130, everybody should know the Psalms 119, especially these were scholars especially the rabbis of this time should recognize it, but they don't want to. They want to believe that they're walking along with their inheritance right while they're walking with the world. And I don't want to go into the political side of it tonight, but the leaders of the nation serve the Karan Trust. They don't serve you. In no way do they serve God. And their justice department, their military departments, all of this allow this pagan, occultic Supreme Court building to stand with its obelisk and so on, in his holy land in Jerusalem to the shame of all the leaders of Israel. They are not good people. They are not helping their people come to the knowledge of truth and protect them from what is coming when they know and they are helping with the Mossad all the evil things around the world. That is why you say you're going to bring a remnant out, but not these leaders. You're going to punish them highly. And the shepherds that are protecting these leaders Helping them against your command of Revelation eighteen one to four, and helping them with weapon systems when they should be taking them the words because it's only the words that'll defend his people and overcome the world, only through his words, not from weapon systems, not from making friends with the politicians. But being bold and speaking the name of truth and helping them to understand the works of their name will assist. The nation of Israel to come to truth and overcome the world. And it's interesting that the last thing you do is seal the hundred forty-four thousand, which means they finally have turned, because you cannot seal those who would not hear. So they had to hear just before you seal them. And you show this, dear Lord. You tell us that in this eighth or seventh seal judgments in Revelation eight one to six, you tell us that the Trumpet, the the angels are going to sound the trumpet, are there watching. And you say that's a time of about a half an hour, which is an hour is 42 months, about a half an hour is 21 months or less. So I assume, Lord, that you're going to either do it uh, about a half an hour, you say about, I would assume that means uh that you're going to do it for at least six seasons, 21 months, or to, uh, excuse me, 18 months. And somehow in the Seventh season, if they've heard the works of the first one, you're going to cause them to come to truth. And you're going to restore them so that they can make a choice from their experience. And the, the angels, the trumpet angels, are standing there watching these people in the time of their plagues because this the seventh seal comes in the morning. In front of the, the angels of the seven trumpets, and that's why the 14 years, you said a time, a times, which is 14 years, times, they're tied together. Because the punishment cannot come till morning. Your way is you will seal the people, you'll give them the fullness of the night, and but in the morning time you always make known your knowledge. So the plagues of the sealed judgments of the seventh seal will come upon the wicked during that morning. And, and that is when there's silence in heaven, which means what you said in Proverbs one twenty to 33, and also that terrible statement you made in John 9, 4 to 5, that you will not hear the people of the world in that time. We must have the words by that time and be set apart with the Holy sealed up so that we will not be harmed. Because you're going to harm the plagues. See, the four spirits are going to harm the earth. We're not talking about the Antichrist harming the earth, I don't believe. it. See, the Antichrist doesn't even come until after the morning. He comes at noon. Seven years, seven and a half years from now is when he appears on the scene. At the timing, after the two two witnesses have been here for 42 months. They come in 49 months from now. Roughly 49, 48, 49 months from now. According to all your timing. See, you told us that we wouldn't know the day and hour when you'd open the words. And that happened in April 2003 because we bear witness to the words. And then, dear Lord, you said that we wouldn't know the day and hour of the separation judgment, which occurs in the night. The plagues don't come till the first of the morning. But anybody that pays attention to Revelation 6 sees that the last six Judgment is they know the plagues are coming upon them. And they say, Who can stand? From the wrath of God, because the wrath of God comes with the break of dawn, just like it came upon the Pharaoh with the break of dawn. So we know that the culmination of the sealed judgments. But we also know that the war occurs in the night, this Ezekiel 38 war, because the Ezekiel 38 war is a judgment war. It is the people being allowed the fruit of their works, it's the fruit of their sins. And they come against all those in the world. They come against your people. Those who come against your people get the plague of Zechariah 14.12. This is what you're telling us. So this sets the stage for the seal judgments. We know that these sealings will come in the night of the day of the Lord, but right at the end of the night. Because we've allowed the, the, the judgments of Revelation to come to their fullness. So we know now that the seal judgments are going to fulfill all the, for, you know, the seven years of the evening and the seven years of the night. And they will finish in the morning when you, know, you have to get the seal in the night. That's why they're called the seal judgments and then the trumpet judgments. The trumpet judgments is God's wrath is poured out. It's called the seventh seal judgment. But it's based upon the fact that did you get your seal during the night because it's a remembrance. Remember, the seventh spirit is the way of the remembrance. So it's actually happening in the first 21 months of the morning. And that is why the seven angels with the trumpets are there. They haven't blown yet, but they're watching. They're watching what will the people do when they get the plagues? Will they turn? Will they not? And we will see in in when we go over these judge uh, of the works of the sealing of works of the 12,000 of each of the tribes. And what they do, we'll see that some of these people go out to make known the words to those who are under punishment. They bear witness. These people can't get the words at that time, but they're going to bear witness to the things that are happening to them, that the words of God are there. They won't be able to utter the words. And we can't help them because the plagues of God are upon them. And they will last as long as God pours them out. He says a time of about a half an hour. They pray it's no longer than a half an hour, which is seven seasons. Remember that Nebuchadnezz- Nebuchadnezzar has it seven years. This is shortened because the plagues at this time that God is bringing are worse than anything that Nebuchadnezzar had. So they're getting half the time, only half an hour, instead of a full hour. You know, well, actually, um, Nebuchadnezzar had uh seven years, which is far worse than. Uh, 21 months or you know a a year and nine months that's that's a lot different than than what uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar got 84 months so they're they're getting one-fourth of it basically but they're getting the plagues so much harder no plagues God is going to pour out the plagues the worst plagues he's ever given on people are coming during that 21 months he he tells us in the Bible they won't even talk about the plagues of Egypt anymore they're going to talk about these plagues to come upon the people, because we're in the time of the Lord. We're in the time of judgment. We're in the time when we are to anoint the anointed king to reign, and we haven't done that. And remember, it tells us in the fifth seal judgment that many people are going to be killed and have to become martyrs, which it tells us, you know, in Revelation twelve seventeen, the devil's going to go out against those who do not have the words, don't have the woman inside them, don't have the words of wisdom that she speaks. It tells us this in. Daniel uh, Dan, um, tells us this in Daniel, um, excuse me, Proverbs one twenty to twenty three, and all the way to thirty three. But verses one twenty to thirty, uh, t- verses Proverbs one, chapter one, verses twenty to twenty three tells us that if we will hear the words and quit being naive and not walk in naivety anymore, then he will cause the spirit to be poured out upon us and we will hear his words and not just hear them, we'll know them. And those are the ones that will be set apart and sealed. And, you know, we we get this statement, I'll I'll talk about it another time, but in in Isaiah 62.1 and onward there in in Isaiah 62, it tells us that, you know, his people, it says for Zion's sake, 62.1 says for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. That's very important. And her salvation as a lamp that burns. Now please understand that Zion is also another name for the firmament, the entirety of the firmament. And I talked last night about the firmament now is black, but there will be a time when the firmament is like a crystal mirror. Because once the darkness is taken out of the world, it doesn't reflect darkness because it'll reflect light. And then you're looking in the cast iron mirror and you're seeing the light. So it'll reflect the words, which are light. And that's why he says in Daniel 12, 1 to 4, that or, uh, in verse 2, it says, many are going to shine like the firmament forever. See, the firmament, after the darkness is set out, because that's the work of the firmament, is to set apart those that are going up from those that are going down into the abyss. And after those go out into the abyss, God is going to empty the deep and they can't cross back over from the abyss into the the firmament. So the firmament will always shine reflective of the lights. And the stars is the work of the good works of God that are poured out constantly. So they will not only shine, those that understood the way of his words and of judgment and of his times and of his eternal plan will understand the brightness of the firmament. That's why he's talking about for the lion Zion's sake. I will hold my peace, and for Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, the real name of the uh, name Jerusalem is is the um, is the name of the kingdom work of making known the foundation of the knowledge of God, like Salem, the, the king of Salem. See, and so, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. Read Daniel twelve two to 3 and you'll see what we're talking about. You're going to shine like Moses who went into the tabernacle of the Lord and had come out with his forehead. The whole firmament is going to be like Mount Zion, but it's going to be filled with light because the darkness has been cast out of the world. During the millennium, it'll shine like this. It's a wonderful thing. And the other thing is, he tells you that your salvation is a lamp that burns. Remember in Matthew 25... He tells us there that the, the ones that don't have the right oil in their lamp, their light's going to go out. So they've got to have the right knowledge in their lamp to continue, to continue burning. So their lamp is going to burn. There's salvation. Salvation, you've got to put on the helmet of salvation. You've got to hear the words and think of the words and put the words as islets, islets before us, as it tells us to do in De- De- Deuteronomy six four nine and Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to 21. And in that case, we will have years added to our lives and to our children's lives. And we'll be, he's going to restore all things that were lost. That is, what, that is the greatness of what is coming. But that's what the Lord is talking about. We've got to get this light. entrance of his words gives light, gives understanding to the simple. And we're the simple because we do not understand. We've got to come off the rooftop and quit listening to doctrine that is not of God at this time. It's not of God's will that we go to go to negotiate with the leaders of the nations, or that we even elect the leaders of the nations. We need to be bringing forth the King of Kings. It's the time to anoint the Lord. We are at the ending of the night. It's the time to get the seal before it's too late. When we go to um, the tribes. It's very interesting the way the Lord did this. I, I started to go over this last night, and, and I'm going to send out with the notes tonight. Uh, Some notes on these 12 tribes, the ones that are sealed. There's just marvelous things in there. For example, you'll see that in the seventh seal, the seventh group to be sealed is Simeon. But when you go back and look at the blessings in Genesis 49 and the blessings in um, Deuteronomy 33, you find no blessing uh, for Simeon, none. And yet Simeon is given the honor by God of having the seventh seal, the group of the seventh seal, which means they're going to be doing the work of the seventh spirit of God, which is meaning that they're going to look at the first six seals, remembering all those works, and they're going to bear witness to everybody. This is a great example of Malachi 4, 1 to 6. This is a great example of them turning at the end And not worrying about their their blessings, but focusing on repairing the breach, causing the fathers to turn to their to their children, the children to their fathers, the mothers to their daughters, daughters to the mother, turning the families back to remember the generational plan. See, Simeon was the second born; he was the one that was supposed to have the words. Second spirit is to seek the words of God, the knowledge of the words. The third spirit is to seek the ways of the words. I mean, understanding of the doing of the way of the words. And you see this with with Levi. He's the third son. And he's given the blessing of the eighth seal. Eighth group to be sealed. Because the eighth is regeneration. Regeneration. Eighth is, and this, you know, when you do the way of the month, for example, you take the first seven spirits of the first seven days, you set apart the first day of the month, which is God's day for remembrance. And then you start with the first day of the week and you count seven. And and then the next week is the second week. And you're there, you're starting with the the first day of the week being the eighth day, basically, of of the days of the month, not counting the new moon. And what happens is that's the day of the eighth spirit. In other words, it's the way of the generation. It's actually the way of this first spirit, but in the second week. So it's the combination of the second spirit, which is the words of wisdom. But it's the first day of the week. So it's separating light and darkness by ways of the words of wisdom. And that's exactly the job of the tribe of Levi. They are to make known his words and do so in the way of his words, not like they did in the times of Jesus when they had the Sanhedrin or today. Rabbis are not doing the teaching in the ways of the words of God. They're doing the teachings according to the doctrines and the sages and all those who never had the words and did not recognize the Messiah when they came. And if they continue in this, they're going to be held into account because by their own verses, Deuteronomy eighteen, eighteen nineteen. 19, they will be held into account because the words have been open, and they should have known because he tells us in the Old Testament they're going to be made ashamed because it's going to come back to them from a Gentile nation. That's no shame to, the, to them if they will accept the fact and repent for the fact that they missed it. You know, read Ezekiel 35 and you'll see, if, or excuse me, 36 and you'll see this very clearly. They profaned his name everywhere they go. gone. See, they profaned his words. They wouldn't accept the Messiah. They wouldn't accept that he sent his Messiah into the world to bear witness to his words. And they even had rabbis come and ask the Lord, where did you get these words? But they would not receive that knowledge, nor did they inquire of it. Instead, they crucified him. But God is saying, come back to me. I'm going to raise you up greater than before if you will come out from your teachings at this time. But from my experience, it's very, very, very difficult to talk to a a shepherd of a Gentile world. It's three, four, ten times as hard to speak to a rabbi. They believe that with all their sages and everything else, they have all the knowledge that's possible. But they don't pay attention to the end times and to David's teachings and so on. And it's sad. But they will. There will be some that come out at this time a remnant, God's going to cause them. Because he says he's going to sprinkle water on the remnant in Ezekiel 36, they're going to turn. But when he does, these Levites are going to have, because they have the right to teach his words. Now, remember, he tore the temple veil. That should have been a sign to them that the words were open. And it was also a problem to them that Jesus' death when they tore that temple veil is meaning that people can come in and get the words. And, you know, the rabbis had failed their job. Now they have a greater task. They have the ability to help the people, to regenerate into getting the fullness of the seven spirits, because the seven spirits are being pulled out, the latter rain being pulled out. So they have the full knowledge of the seven spirits, which the rabbis today do not know. But if they will turn and learn it, they'll be able to help the people with this. And that's the eighth spirit, or the eighth, um, the eighth is Levi is now the eighth, even though he's the third son, which is understanding. So multiply that, their gift was understanding, but now they're working in the spirit of regeneration, separating the people. They have the knowledge of understanding because that was the original inheritance, but they did not receive, would not keep. They received it, but did not keep it. They were great at it in the time of, of David and so on, but they've lost all that. So, we come now, let's go back and take a look at um, Manasseh's, an interesting one. You know, in the 12,000, the, the, the 144,000, one group is the sixth group, which is Manasseh, the tribe of Manasseh. And they are um, blessed with the fact that it says in Genesis 48, So he blessed, Jacob blessed them that day, saying, By you, Israel will be blessed. Israel will bless saying, may God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. But see, the humble of Manasseh is what's going to be important here. They were the firstborn of of Joseph, but Jacob set him before them. And they have a very interesting thing, because they are not mentioned among the the 12,000 sealed, but they are because they're of Joseph. Yet Joseph had a double blessing because Jacob promised him the double blessing in the end of um, Genesis um, 48. He had that extra blessing that he gave to them. So he's, he's doing this importantly because Joseph is the 11th son and he's also the 11th one to be sealed of the 12,000. And the reading of that is because he's the increaser. See, the hidden power of God, eleven is the hidden power of God. Eleven is a marvelous number. To the world, that, that means disorganization and so on. It's not. Eleven is the hidden power of God. There was, you know, when, when the Lord came back, there was only 11 of the 12 disciples. They added one, Matthias. But the, they did that by lots. But Jesus had picked the, the 12, and Judas was one of them, and he knew that. So he's telling us here that um, the 11 is the hidden power of God. And he's, there, there were 11 good disciples that went out and did marvelous works. Only Judas failed, Judas Iscariot. But 11 has always been the number of the hidden power of God. And so what you're what you're really saying here is that Joseph had this gift that the sun, moon, and stars bowed down to him, and you know, you see that Ephraim's gonna be like the bull that goes out strong. See there's an important thing. The bull if you understand like the oxen and the wild oxen and so on, um, if you remember the thing, the 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 bull is very powerful, of course. It's the strongest of the group, and they're making known the knowledge and, and stirring up the land. But the good news is, it's like uh, Elisha. When, when Elijah came to Elisha, he was, he was uh, plowing the ground with uh, 12, set, 12 yoke of oxen, which means 24, pair, or 24 oxen. And He was stirring up the ground with one plow, but he's doing with the oxen. That beating into the ground. People should understand that, you know, this is the way of, it's like the elder government. He's bringing forth the greatest fruit and produce of the ground. He was having tremendous flow of produce. And the knowledge of how to sow the ground is going to be taught through Joseph's sons and, and in the tribe of Joseph and Manasseh. They're part of that. But see, it's interesting that he's that he's doing it this way, because the fourth, the second week, the fourth day, the eleventh day is also the day of the Lord's counsel. The Lord's counsel in the way of the words of wisdom. Of the second week, and so he's you know you're, you're helping the people with great understanding in this the might and power of the Lord, because it's a dire desire of the Lord to glorify His Father. And this is a wonderful teaching if you follow what he's doing here. and Study this carefully. He's going to show us through them how to bring forth great and mighty works in this time. Because they understand that way of the spirits and of their blessing. And that's why it's so powerful. I've talked about before uh, about Levi and Simeon, Anasa. I've talked about uh, the, uh, last night uh, Nephtali, Asher is a wonderful one. If you look at Asher, he's in the fourth spirit, which is the council, Lord, that's exactly what he's doing. You say, bread from Asher shall be rich and he shall yield royal dainties. See, the first week, the first seven spirits, the first seven days of the month is always separating apart from the world. The second week is growing in that knowledge. 12 is the way of the government because it comes up to the might of God on the fifth day of the week, of the second week. And, you know, what he's trying to do is it's all about bringing out the generations. It's all about bringing out the generations. And it's marvelous if if people pay attention on all of that thing, because God judges what we do by the 12th day of the week. That's like when we complete our 12th year, we become um, a man. In the twelfth year of a man, that's when he goes forth. Jesus was 12 years old, fully 12 years old is what it's saying. So he was ready to go about his father's business. The 13th year is when you do this. And it was immediately after his birthday, which tells you he wasn't born at Christmas time because he was doing that at the Feast of Tabernacles, and he was fully 12. He was in his 13th year. In the 13th year, at the end of the 12th year, you go forth, and you, you do the... The, is to start being about the father's business because that's how you do love. See, 13 is the number of love, stirring up the good works of God, stirring up knowledge in others. That's going about your father's business. When you've done that at the end of the 13th year, you're you're fully provo- proven as a man. If you've spent your 13th year stirring up love and good works in others. Okay, we've come to like an end of time for tonight i've covered a lot of these things and I, lord i pray that you'll help the people to understand dear lord that you'll cause the spirit to move let the people understand the greatness of the meanings dear lord of the ceiling of the people when it's going to occur why it's going to occur and you know all these things we don't understand it all lord like who are going to be these twelve thousand, but we do know that it's after the war it's after the the Gentiles, have, the ones that elect, the, the bride of Christ, have become wise, set themselves apart. But you haven't blown the four spirits to bring the plagues upon the people. That comes at the break of the morning, but the people must come out before that because there's no chance that you're going to seal Gentiles in that time. They are already sealed. Lord I pray that you'll help us, because we don't know who is this 12,000 of each of the tribes, dear Lord, but we know that these tribes are all about your works that you do. And you said you're going to bring forth a remnant of the tribes. So we're assuming it is those people, but we should be followers of each one of these works and try to become a doer of them and grow in the way of them, so that we can bring it back and help the nation of Israel grow, because if we can help them grow. The kingdom will be glorious. But, Lord, they cannot grow until they get knowledge. It doesn't help us when we're following and helping their political leaders or helping the rabbis. We need to make known the knowledge of the words to them. Pray for them. Do all those things. Give them cold cups of water. Help them to come into correction. But let them understand they must come because if they follow the leaders... And follow the Pope and all these people. It's like the temple they're wanting to build. They talk about Trump wanting to build a temple. And Putin to bring forth the temple. They're asking them to bring it forth. That's not the temple they're to build. See there is no temple in the eternal city. Because the light of God is in all of us. And he's in the city. But they're having a temple now. But that temple is going to be the Ezekiel temple. Because the way of the palm trees and the gates. It's not like a Herod's temple. Like there looks like that's what they're trying to build. Has nothing to do with that, and that is not of God, and it will be built. So, if Trump wants to, you know, overcome the people who are controlling him, he needs to get the knowledge of the words, and God will lift him up and protect him. But if he will not receive the words, he will be punished with them. He will get a share of their plagues that's going to come upon these people, and all of his family, with all the glorious riches that he has, will be worthless. He'll be throwing it into the streets just like it says in the scriptures, because the plagues are about to come. We're so close to that. Your Lord, we're so close to the winter. He warned them to come out before the winter if Trump wants to overcome and be a leader of these people. Lord, I don't know about the nations. You're going to call nations, but you also said you're going to overthrow all the nations. But overthrowing them and bring them into the kingdom is a wonderful thing. There will be nations, but these nations, as we know them, are not. Because they're of the Crown Trust and their the whole legal structures and everything is gone. So it has to be a rebirth and taking away all the pagan stuff out of it. And the unlawful law systems and unlawful economic system and the food that poisons us, the, the retail merchants that steal from us, because they sell us poisoned goods and call themselves righteous. Go to church. Help out charities. They don't help out charities. They're not helping the people eat. They're helping them bring forth a global depopulation. That's not in helping Planned Parenthood kill and murder your innocent ones that you own. Dear Lord, we pray you'll help us now and help the people to come to truth, understand all these things, and be with our families, Lord, and bring them to your truth. We thank you for all the gifts you've given dear Lord and prepared for these times. Let your people understand you will bring them out if they will turn to you. Just like you say in Joel 2, 12-20. Lord, we praise your holy name. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and let your people see your face, Lord. Please, Lord, let it shine upon them, that their spirit might flow off from you to them. Lord, we pray your breath be upon them. We ask this, thy precious, thy holy name. Amen.
0: 18 plus.